What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast where our motto is we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 319, broken up into two parts A and B. 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 Thank you, sirs. 319A, posting on 228, the last day of February, will be a discussion on the latest installment in the MCU in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And 319B, posting on March 3rd, will be a discussion on Sharper, an offering from Apple TV+. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson. Marvel has officially lost the magic, Maxwell. Joining me as just every week is my co-host, Roger Broccoli Face himself. Stillian and our lovely permanent guest, Chris Lord Krylar Bond. Hell yeah. How we doing, gentlemen? I don't have any holes, Bond. Should <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that, but then I kept going back to the, the, the one shot of the very broccoli-looking guy, and I thought that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So, what's going on this week, gentlemen? How are you? How is the weather flip flopping up there? All over the place, yeah, buddy. It's it's wonderful uh, right now. It was it's been a nice couple of days, but it's just going to get cold again and make me sad. So, we well, you know it's it weird. Is. So, in in Atlanta right now, like this weekend has been it's been a little rainy, but it's like legit the perfect like 68, 70 slight breeze, perfect. But in in Los Angeles right now and in California, it was it's like 35 and snowing. Ha. Buddy of mine in Utah got a foot and a half of snow yep. this past week. So, yeah. what is going on in the world? <laughs> well, I mean, it's that's supposed to happen there. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But uh, there's a lot of weird stuff happening. Um, what have you? What's been going on this week, John? What have you done or watched besides for the show? I watched lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. I got to experience Apple TV's um, live sports broadcasts of some Major League Soccer. That was. They did a very good job, very good presentation. Okay, like, is, uh, it, is it noticeably different from other things, or is it just no? Like, it, it's, it's, it's it's very good. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you know, I don't know if we ever talked about this on the show, but it's something that came up quite a bit. So Amazon, uh, this past year acquired the rights to Thursday Night Football yep. for the very first time. The only way you could watch Thursday Night Football was on Amazon Prime. Um, if you didn't live in a local market. The uh, the problem is Amazon's presentation of it, like their studio show was fine. Their halftime stuff was fine, but their on field like viewing of the game was awful. Mm. It was pixelated. It, the, the bit rate was all over the place. It didn't look very good. Apple TV last night had little to no problems with it. They've been doing baseball. They did baseball last season. It looks great. It's in 4K. Looked fucking awesome. Amazon probably doesn't have enough money. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, you're right. What it Maybe is. they should look at Apple and yeah. for guidance. Is that, <laughs> is that what you're looking? For? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But yeah, it was just you don't. I didn't realize how bad the Amazon stuff was until I saw you know like soccer. And, yeah, and yeah. I was like, this is not even close, man. Jeez. And there's constant movement in soccer. Oh yeah, you know it's yep. not like you get a chance to slow it down. It's just always going. So hmm. yeah, that was interesting for me personally, but. You know, I don't, people might not care about that. But. Yeah, uh, I haven't watched too much. Uh, the second set of uh, episodes for Pokemon Ultimate Journeys has come out, which my kids are super into, and I am too, kind of. So we've been, we've been watching that. You know, whenever we're sitting down, and then I didn't watch anything else, but uh, I put back together an old computer with my eight year old. So that was that was really cool. She really nice. likes Legos, and I've always said that they're, they're PCs, adult Legos. They're just expensive Legos, and she had a good time with it. And, Albeit they're not actually much more expensive than actual Legos at this not, point. Not anymore, yeah. Legos are really fucking expensive. Yep. So yeah, That's so really I did cool. that. I had a good time. Um, before I talk about what I was watching, I did uh, run into... I went to downtown Decatur, which I, I often go down there. Decatur! Lots of, there's lots of cool uh, coffee shops down there, and it's like a huge... Uh, it's like a big quad with like a... It's, just, it's a nice little area for people to go. And it's 
I saw a place. It's called Soul Play. Um, it's a but it's a gaming it's a gaming cafe. They have they have five uh, Xbox One S's, five PS fives hooked up, and they have uh, two dozen PCs hooked up, which you can. It's like five dollars an hour, I think, to play, which is pretty, I think, reasonably priced. Uh, if you don't own one of the consoles, but I found that and that was pretty cool. I didn't know those places existed. I thought they were oh, only yeah. like you mm-hmm. know, you know, like like nerderies in our heads of what we want to make here one day locally somewhere. I yeah. believe, yeah, mm-hmm. right in Wheeling. Is there really mm-hmm. one in that area? How do we yeah, not know yeah, that? Sure. That's pretty cool. But yeah, I saw that's pretty cool though. I I never seen anything like that. Like I really never like walked into one and seen that one actually functioning and kids were playing and having a good time. And that's just like that's pretty cool actually. That's an alternative to buying stuff. But when, I did uh, see that. Uh, I can't remember where I was vacationing. Oh, it was in uh, it was in Las Vegas. I was there with my brother and my cousin, and there was a gaming bar right on like one of the strips. You walked, you know, there's like restaurants around it. You walked right in. They had a whole bunch of Razer Naga stuff everywhere. Uh, computer CPU stations and PS fives and Xboxes or PS fours and Xbox ones at that time. But yeah, it was, walked in. We sat down. We, we we played some League and left. It was cool. Nice. Yep. There you go. Um, yeah. Yeah, so what I've been watching, Roger, I, I I couldn't just do one one episode a day. I just couldn't. So I had to. I powered through Ted Lasso, and goddamn, I can't. You 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 know that you and I at least we 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 love Ted Lasso on on this podcast. We absolutely we champion do. and we love. It is a very well made show. We were just talking about the high production value on Apple. It is it is a well made show by Apple. It is. And watching it through the second time, knowing what's coming, it's. I never, I, I guess I didn't fully appreciate the army men the first time. Like, because I remember in the first or second episode, he gets a care package from his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little bit of background is uh, Ted Lasso is a football coach hired out of America, but he's an actual football coach in America, but he's brought over to to the UK, to England, to coach a, uh, a soccer club, Richmond. Um, it's a club in, uh, sorry, London. And he's brought over as a joke to destroy the club. But then the owner most of the way through the first season realizes that there is there like through the ways of drama, there is potential and reasons to keep the club alive. And it's, you know, interpersonal relationships and so much one of what, but his son sends him a care package of a bunch of army men. Now in the first season, Ted, of course, is a guy who is high on joy. He's, he's always making, he's always doing for other people. And when he's solving problems and helping people solve their problems, I never realized it never hit me in the first and second seasons that how many people, he's given the army men to and it didn't really hit me until he gave one to the therapist as he did his irish goodbye and just left without but like their arc was complete and he gave her one in the beer which he found it was just such a great moment and then there's so many other good moments in that show like when when he's talking about how his father did what he did when he was 16 and that's why he's such a broken today like i was glued to the television i was i was i was weeping again like it, it got me it just got me that show is so good I, I'm so excited for season three. Roger, are you thinking about Ted Lasso right now? Are you reminiscing? Yes. Good. You should be. But that show is <laughs> football is life. Absolutely. My favorite part of season two is when Ted is really mad towards the end when Dr. Sharon leaves. And oh, th- uh, this is with Higgins. Yeah. And Higgins, and <laughs> as he's walking out the door, Higgins says like some corny ass one liner. No, well, well, and he, the he, door slams. Hold on. Higgins tries to give him his note. From mm-hmm. the therapist, which he had a breakthrough, and he wanted to say goodbye personally, but he doesn't want to read a note. So, okay, go, 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 go on. So Higgins, he had sl- sl- storms towards the door and he goes to slam it, and just as the door is slamming, Higgins fires off this one-liner, 
and it's just dead silent for half a second. The door flies back open, and Ted's all pissed off. He goes, "Yes, <laughs> Take God damn it, yes!" <laughs> and he just turns and storms back out the door. It's so fucking wonderful. Well, no, Higgins wow. says as he's trying to hand him the letter, "Don't let her get away with it." Yeah, and then he storms <laughs> back in. <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> but but also that moment, like Jamie Tart. Jamie Tart is like that moment with his father. Of his father comes in the comes in the uh, the the locker room right after they've had a, a, a terrible defeat in the season two semifinals, and starts like beating him around, and calling his son an absolute loser. And then the the Roy Kent just gives him a hug. Gives him like the long deserved hug that he so deserves. Hmm. And like it just. I don't know how you can watch that show and not just be filled with joy. Your heart like be when, filled with joy. I so like much. when Beard takes his dad out through and he fucking runs him into the door frame. <laughs> He's like, oh, watch your head. <laughs> he fucking smashes uh, his face off the door jam. <laughs> God, so many good moments in that. I really hope we get at least three or three more seasons of that. I just, that's my personal one. I don't want them to outdo the story, but. In all, in all seriousness, Chris, I know you've never watched it. Mm-hmm. I really do think you would enjoy it very much. Yeah, he said they're only like 20, 20 minute episodes, right? Half hour. So okay. there's, a, there's a, like each season has a couple of them that are like 45 minutes. Gotcha. Like there's one Christmas episode that I talk about that's a little bit longer because mm-hmm. it's a little bit more production in there. But I honestly think you'd like it because yeah. even though you're not a soccer guy, the soccer is on the side. Burner, yeah, yeah. But when they bring it in, it's like all soccer and it's okay. actually kind of cool. So, yeah. yeah. I have to watch it while I got nothing else going on. It is a good, it's something good. And here's the thing. If you watch a couple episodes and you're not on board, I'm always like, give it three episodes. If you're not at least laughing and be like, okay, cool or whatever, feel free to punch out. But I I bet you, I bet you'd enjoy it very much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys talk about it enough. It's where, you know, it's, it always ends up on my list of things to eventually watch, but then, you know, things for the show and then other things that, you know, I'm catching Lacey up on. Well, you you want something good to watch with your wife. Mm -hmm. That would be a good one, guaranteed. Then I finished the boys. You know what I'm saying? Have you yet? No, we're we're deep in season two at this point. So, so we're, you haven't we're even gotten to the. <laughs> no, I haven't got to the new one yet, and I haven't seen season three. So I'm excited. Mm. Finish Mm-mm. the boys first. Uh, what else? <laughs> I? Just remember, Ted Lasso does come out. New season does come out in mid March. Okay, so. so soon. Gotcha. Soon indeed. Um, yeah, I've been recast. I did. I did t- uh, catch Titanic in 4K and 3D this week. How was it? Uh, loved it. I mean, I love that movie. I, I know. I mean, how did it, it look? It's yeah. Great, like, <laughs> fucking fantastic. No, but the the 3D looks like there's real money behind it. Like okay. it looks, it looks great. Um, I it's, it's it's one that like I they could re-release every 15 years now. I'd I'd be happy with it because it's it's just you know when I was it was a random Wednesday and there were there were like 25 people in the auditorium random Wednesday night at 8:30. There were 25 people in there. So, I mean, it still does have kind of a following. This is the second week that that's been a re-release after two other re-release times. So, I have 25 people in there. That's not too shabby. Not at all. But, um, yeah, I watched, a, I watched some, some Marvel movies to help get caught up. I, I kind of I watched the original Iron Man and the, the original Thor, the original Captain America to kind of, like, just get myself back in those. I Those are so good. And because I was kind of hyped on, on on Ant-Man, like just like you were, Chris, I was kind of like, oh, this is going to get us back to what we're used to with Marvel, you know, the 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 the, the, the dramatic, hard-hitting story, you know, but like, and then when I saw Ant-Man, I'm like, that's not it, that's not it. So I just, I had to see some other, so I, I would rewatch those, but those are. Yeah, but did, did you watch so the good. last three episodes of Loki again? I did not. No, I feel like I should have. Yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, did did you watch Shang Chi again? No, but that's the thing is, I don't. Ah, I see? I have I have time to watch movies. I don't have time to watch shows. 
So like, I mean, I, I could have watched Shang Chi, but three episodes. No, of... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna just jump three episodes and last three episodes. Something I haven't seen for a while. That's just no. I can't do that. All the relevant, all the relevant stuff for Kang is there. However, did you? Did you? That. I mean, the this this uh, new Ant Man film. There's two credit sequences, and one mm-hmm. goes right into Loki. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about that. But that's we'll mm-hmm. so we'll discuss that coming coming up in in uh, later in the episode. Well, guys, Wait, anything else you want to say before we that? get into it? indeed. Loki? <laughs> do you guys want to talk about anything else before we get into the episode? Nope. Oh, I got anything. Gentlemen, let's Covered do it. Bases. All right. This is episode 319 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. was posted each and every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we look at the box office current and upcoming releases, what streaming trailers and movies of the week Without further ado, let's jump into the box office. And uh, Ant-Man the Wasp, no surprise, took number one, but only at a 32.2. And I got to say, this is disappointing. But, I mean, after seeing the movie, not disappointing. It's just sitting in a worldwide 363 just after just two weeks of international and domestic. For some reason, I expect that to be a lot higher. Yeah, I would say probably five, 500 million would have made sense, right? Yeah, at least five or 550. But, Roger, what did, what did you think? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, is about all that movie deserved. I, I mean, think. it took a 70% drop off of week one. That's yeah. generally the way yeah, those movies go. Right. No, that's not yeah. what Marvel does, though. Yes, it is. The Marvel movies generally take a 70% drop off? Yes. Oh, something I've sad I'm not paying attention to. Yeah, right, let's it talk did a little two. over $100 million in the first weekend. A little more than 30 It's like a 68 69% drop. Nice. All right, fair enough. Nice. All right, Cocaine Bear number two, twenty three point one million domestic, doing a worldwide of twenty eight million. Uh, it's not great. Um, that's why when you talked about whoa, the whoa, 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 whoa. First off, I will hear no slander on Cocaine Bear <laughs> going twenty million dollars opening weekend. All right, come fair on, enough, now. fair enough. Well, and then, I mean, the the budget for that couldn't have been much. So oh, I mean, we'll, I, we're going to talk about this in depth next week. It's <laughs> it's got a thirty million dollar budget. So oh, yeah. fair enough. Good. Okay. Yeah, All right. So I mean, the, 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 there's some weird money behind that film, which when we see it, I guess also we'll figure it out has very at. solid reviews. It True. does. It does indeed. All right, number three, Jesus Revolution, fifteen point five million, bringing in fifteen point five million worldwide. I guess it hasn't been released worldwide yet. Avatar: The Way of the Water, still in the top five. Another, I'm oh, sorry, what was it? Uh, another four point seven million, uh, bringing its worldwide to two two point two six seven billion. So this is going to be the real oh. test for Avatar now to see if it's going to stick around and keep trickling up money-wise mm-hmm. legitimately because it's down to $4 million. You know, obviously it's had its run. I'll be surprised if it, you know, if it dips lower than this if we see it in a lot of theaters come mid-March. Yeah, so, compared to like, the other options out yeah, there. Well, yeah. just remember, the one thing with Top Gun Maverick, obviously, was its longevity to yes. be in the top two or three. Yeah. So it had stay in power forever. Yeah. So. I'm assuming it's been in about, you know, somewhere between a six and a four million trickle for the past couple of weeks now. So yep. it's not too hard to stay there. And number five, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, 4.1 million, bringing this worldwide total to 442. As of right now, it's outperforming Ant-Man. <laughs> but I, I just, 
I don't know how long it's going to stay, but man, it's a good movie. You should check that one out. I don't see Ant-Man passing up Puss in Boots. I, I don't either. I, I, don't think it go, I don't see Ant-Man going much past 400. Depends on how long it's in theaters, I guess, but if it doesn't... Look, there's... A, well, money. we talked before, and we're going to talk about it in another minute or two, is this spring is nonstop go. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, a, there's one or two big movies every week for like the next seven weeks. So after Cocaine Bear, of course, but that's, you know, that's a big deal. But we'll, we'll see that. We will see when that one. So that's the top five. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Cocaine Bear, Jesus, Revolution, Avatar, The Way of Water, and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Uh, it's unfortunate that um that we don't have much change up lately, but it's okay because we will eventually get there with this. Like I just said, the spring is coming. Lots of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about upcoming releases. And we might have a change or two here, but let's take a look. So this past weekend, Friday the 24th, Cocaine Bear, Jesus Revolution, Mummies uh, all came out. March 3rd, big week. What is Mummies? Yeah, what's Mummies? We talked about this before, guys. It's a it's an animated film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. yeah. I mean, we briefly talked about it a few episodes ago. We looked at it. All right, March 3rd, big week. Uh, Creed 3, Operation yeah. Fortune, Ruse de Guerre, and Blueback all available at theater level. March 10th, which is a Friday, 65. Champions, Scream 6, March 17th, Inside, and Shazam, Fury of the Gods. March 24th, the John Wick Chapter 4. March 31st, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, Spinning Gold. March is huge. Yeah, no, March is huge. And also, (sighs) stacked every week. But also, so listen, so, okay, listen to this. Air, Mm -hmm. Courting a Legend. I feel like that movie's going to do... Like a I very think that's slow burn. Be an interesting movie. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that one. And on a wing and a prayer. And then April seventh, another huge week. That's paint and Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. Huge week. So I love that you said paint first. <laughs> well, that's what's that's what's listed first. So I just read them as yeah. they go. So but... after that, Mario kills everything. Yep. Yes, of everything course. Dies for a little while. Yep. And then April April fourteenth, the Pope's Exorcist, which uh, is notable because it's Russell is Russell Russell Crowe, Renfeld, and Suzume. I don't even know what that is. Suzumi. Oh, it's is that a like a film. knockoff Shazam. No, it's a it's Shazam. a Japanese Jap- Japanese movie. April twentieth. That's I was thinking, culturally insensitive. I was sir. thinking. I was thinking knockoff. Uh, what was his name? Kazam. Yeah. Oh, Kazam. Kazam. Uh, let's talk about April 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 twenty first. Bo is afraid. Chevalier. Evil Dead Rise. And Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. The only one I'm mad about coming out just after Mario was Guy Ritchie's The Covenant because I feel like that movie could do okay if a movie like Mario didn't come out right before it. But I don't. I don't care about. I mean, okay, I, I don't. I'm actually pretty upset about Evil Dead Rise because I love those movies, those original movies, and the third. Like, I love those first three movies. I think they're brilliant. Yeah. I think they're a lot of fun. They're very clever, inventive, and uh, Sam Raimi did something kind of interesting. Even f- back then, it was unheard of. He like the sequel kind of remade the first one. Mm-hmm. He literally got money to remake a movie he's already made, and they gave it to him. And then the third one was just. I mean, come on, that's just that's like the. 80s version of well, when did that come out? 80s, something like that. 80s, yeah, that's like the 80s Ash, version of cocaine. And this is bear. my boomstick. Yeah. It's just ridiculous, like just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> He's got a fucking chainsaw for a hand and a double barrel shotgun in the other one. It's yep. fucking incredible, bro. And then um, April 28th was a Friday. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, Big George Foreman, and Sisu. Uh, May starts. Are you off really with... excited for the Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret movie? <laughs> I am. It, it was. It was one of the books I read when I was in middle school. Um, May fifth, which is a trying time for getting his first <laughs> period. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's a tough time for any young person. For All young, right. not any young person, <laughs> sir. That's not how that works. No, I thank you for that. I I, I know. April, uh, May fifth, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. May twelfth, small movie. 
Book Club, the next chapter, Love Again. Ugh, Christ. I know. Uh, May 19th, Boom. Fast 10. Now, I wanted to read this 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 far because, Chris, I want to get – we talked last week. You weren't on last week's episode, but we did talk about – there's a three-minute trailer for Fast 10. I just want to mm-hmm. get your quick thoughts on that. Um, I, I The more I think about it, the more excited I get. So I just want to give you the floor right now. Okay, so – I'm guilty of not being like in touch with the fast movies until I started doing this podcast. So it's like I saw the first two, you know, back when they were out currently that I didn't watch any of these things until like the most recent, like five years of my life. So I don't get excited for the fast movies. It's not my thing. And even like the one I wanted to be excited for uh, the Hobbs and Shaw one was, wasn't that good anyway. You know what I mean? So I, I saw this trailer when I went to see Ant-Man and while like, it's like, okay, this will be a big blockbuster movie. I'm not like pumped to see it yet. You know what I mean? Because we we joke about it. You know they're gonna. You know they've already gone to space. So you know what's the next one gonna be? What's it gonna look like? How are they gonna get people excited? But I don't know. What we'll wait and find. Out. I'm not pumped for it yet. I just know I'm gonna have to watch this movie. So I hope it's fun. So fasten your seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you would stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I, I hope it's good. I hope it's fun, but I'm just, I'm not pumped yet for it, but I'm glad you are because, you know, you gotta watch well, it Well, you see, the, there's, I have a couple of questions that, again, I'm not like super into the fast lore, but like I've seen them all multiple times. The fast lore. The but lore, the thing is, unquote. so, okay, so, He's I know, right. Roger, you and I talked about this, but so Statham was the enemy in seven. He was the villain, right? Was it seven? Was it eight? Six? Seven? I don't, I don't I, whichever one, but okay. So let's just say let's one say of one's seven. Before. Sure, we'll, we'll <laughs> let's say seven. Like you you've never sounded more like confused old men than you do right now. Okay, hold on, hold on. So <laughs> I mean, this is this is the eleventh movie in I know, the franchise. I know. Okay, seven. okay, God, give me a second. So he's in seven, yeah. and now now he's working with them. Eight was Charlize Theron, and she's I don't know what she I, from the trailer. I can't really tell why her and um, Michelle Rodriguez are laying in two beds wearing white clothes together. I, I don't have any idea what's going on there. Like a body swap. Look, they've I already have been some to, ideas. They've already been to fucking space, Sexy so ideas. Yeah. And then in yeah. nine, in nine, um, John Cena was the enemy. He turned out to be Dom's brother. Now he's working with them. What I don't want to happen is the Momoa character to be because at the end of the trailer it says the the end begins. So I don't. Let's just say there's. Let's just say there's this one and two more. That makes sense. You know, trilogy. Everything's a goddamn trilogy anyway. So is he going to end up working with them too? I mean, the okay, the Rock also, you know, kind of working with them. I don't. You see a th- a theme developing here, like or developed. Yeah, like big time know? actors want to be part of the Fast franchise. Yeah. I mean, Brie Larson's in this movie. Yep, I, I mean, definitely saw she's that. She's a big deal. Helen Mirren. I wonder if uh, Kurt Russell did he die in eight or did he miss or miss no, nobody? He is. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. just off the grid. I think they're going to bring him. Wouldn't we have to start worrying about it being the last Fast movie? I know worry is a word, but here's when he, he comes back. Here's my problem with the Fast movies as they've evolved in the last three films, right? Or four, really, if you include Hobbs and Shaw. When does this become too much like The Expendables and have that same issue that The Expendables movies has where, like, it just – you have all these characters. You're pulling everyone back in. Everyone keeps, you know, becoming a part of the team to where it becomes just too much and where you can't build you can't build a cohesive good movie because you're spending too much time with all these characters that want to be a part of what's going on. That's well, I don't know. I don't want to dig too deep into it, but somebody's dying in this movie. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Okay, 
But at this point, they have you know seventeen different characters to choose from. That's, and it that's won't be, true. You know, but, uh, wait a minute. I, I wait, wait legit... hold on. No, I, Chris, I legit agree with you. But what about the Avengers? What about? I mean, they never die. I mean, same, it's, not, isn't that the, the same problem? They got rid of true. multiple Avengers. There's last been, Avengers movie, there's sir. Been, there's been a fine. Okay, but up until then, it's just it's a very slow trickle of death that never happens. Well, no, 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 no. So here's the difference: because you don't have all of the Avengers, all of the, you know, all of the superheroes in every one of their films. In the Fast franchise, you have all the characters in every film. That's fair. Okay, fair. Yeah. Okay. I just... Yeah. So, so, so you, it's not it's not as crowded of a space like the Expendables films. Whereas when you have your mul- your Marvel movies, generally, it's you know you have a few main characters, and then you have a you know someone like a character two that comes in for like you know a quick thing, a cameo, or like a big moment, and then that's it. Whereas these, it's like you have whole sections of movie dedicated to all these characters, and it's almost like it takes away from what you know, some of the things that they've built. You talked about, like, the lore of Fast and Furious. You can't build and, well, you, can, you can't you can utilize and appreciate the world that they've built because you can't spend enough time with any of the things that they've created because it's always the next big thing and the next character wants to be a part of it and then just giving everybody their little bit of screen time. That's yeah, no, the issue. Yeah, okay, fair. That's a, that's a fair issue, and it's, it's kind of a worry is how can, I mean, this just becomes, like, just the action hero the action hero men trope movies. I so, mean, isn't that what it becomes? L- luckily for, well, th- this is the current, you know, action movie for, this is, this is the guy movie right now, right? It you is. know, this is the guy franchise. This is our, this is lethal weapon. This is die hard. That's what this is right now for like this generation. But like with, with the next one that comes out, it's just like, you know, you can't build off of it because you're just slapping a whole bunch of new stuff in there and giving people their time on the screen. I don't know. It just, it hurts it, I think, in the long run. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if it really hurts it or not. It is a lot to digest some at some points. But look, they come out, they do a lot of awesome stuff, they make a whole bunch of money. I mean, it's... So, I mean, you say they make a lot of money, I agree with that. It's almost like a cultural thing for guys to go see the Fast and Furious movie. Like, it doesn't matter how good it looks, doesn't matter how great, how great the last one was or how bad the last one was. It's like, the next Fast and Furious movie comes out, so like, most, most younger guys are like, yeah, I'm going to go see that. Just because, like, that's the film to go see. That's like that's like that's like their movie yes. right now. I don't think it has the same effect though as it once did. Um, I mean, I can remember when you know, too fast, too furious, billion dollar movies. Now, in, all, in all fairness, until someone dethrones it. Well, no, you yeah, know, but I'm not talking about know. dethroning it. But I'm talking about like the culture that you know, I mean, goes to the movie theater and then and mass leaves and starts revving their engines because they just watched it. I just don't think that happens anymore. But, I mean, I'm just talking from experience I've had a long time ago working at a movie theater for the sequel, the first sequel, Too Fast, Too Furious. And it was just – it was an awesome sight to see. I remember my manager pointed out. He's like, you probably won't see this forever depending on how long this goes because I don't he, – he, he always thought he, – he thought movie theaters were going to be dead around 2010. He didn't think they were going to survive past that. But, um, but anyway, at the time. But I don't know. It's just kind of an interesting culture shift that we've experienced already that – you know, movie theater attendance is what it is. You don't have those massive amounts of people like all the time going to the theater once. It's more of a spread out thing now, I think. But I mean, that's just my personal intake if you guys want to put in something. But give me yeah. all the Fast and Furious. That's all I want. Fair. I want <laughs> 157 right. Fast and Furious movies. Got a long way to go, buddy. <laughs> Got a long way to go. All right. Well, we'll end up with April, then we'll end out April with. The last week, of, well, that was last week. Okay, well, no, yep. May. Sorry, we'll end up with May of May twenty sixth is about my father, the Little Mermaid, the Machine, and then June starts off with the Boogeyman and Spider Man. So look, it's a pretty packed 
uh, spring into summer. So that's, have you that's guys exciting. seen the machine trailer? Oh, the one you sent? No, I have not. I have not you watched should. that. Mm. <laughs> I saw you sent that red band trailer too. So it's gonna yes, be sir. Oh, yeah, no, I did watch that. I did mm-hmm. watch that. Love we'll, it. We'll talk about that one next week, though. Next. I love week. that guy. Yeah. Let's take a look at what's streaming this week. We're starting over again with Netflix, the first one on our rotation. Uh, one that I picked out, which I, I think is one of the best comedies I've that I've ever seen. I I love it. It's timeless for me. Wedding Crashers by David by director David Dobkin, Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, Christopher Walken, Rachel McAdams, Ilsa Fisher, Jane Seymour, Bradley Cooper, two thousand five, uh, a movie about <laughs> Roger. I always love Roger's uh, synopsis of this because it makes it sound much creepier than it is. Uh, yeah, because it is very creepy. So Owen Wilson's character and Vince Vaughn's character, they crash weddings. They get fake inv- they get inv- invitations, get invited to these big time weddings and basically sleep with women. And Owen Wilson decides he needs to fall in love with one super creepy after meeting her for, I don't know, six hours and then pines over her uh, basically for the rest of his life after, you know, he realizes that they're not going to be together. Now, I don't know why you think that sad just how i say it sounds creepy it is very creepy just saying so much of the point where he poisons his the lady he's infatuated with fiance so yeah just so no, i mean i i get it but comedy was weird a lot of people would disagree with you in that and it's it's very much a young person's movie, and and like yeah. how and like the the rush of endorphins you feel immediately when meeting someone, and like everything is just being so immediate at that time. It's just there's something special there it, it, with that movie for me, is especially with the, with that casting and uh, the the wonderful the wonderfully paced uh, way it's directed, and it's just to me it's just like it's like lightning in a bottle. You couldn't get that again. They 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 tried again with that. What's the 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 Google movie that they were both in? Uh, the internship, internship. funeral which, crash. Oh. Which wasn't great. Um, it just just so just so you know, for a young person movie, Owen Wilson was thirty seven years old when I filmed Wedding Crash. <laughs> I, I, I know, but how he old was, are you, Grayson? I'm thirty seven now. I get it. Thank <laughs> you. But the point is, I mean, he, they they were playing people in their twenties. Is okay. So, but some of like I just think some of the moments in that movie are so good, and it's like some of those moments in comedies that like you just don't get very often, but. I mean, the whole nude gay art show thing is hilarious to me. That was a gift, Todd, and I'm taking it with me. That's (laughs) very fun. Next shot is him walking down the street carrying the huge, the nude gay picture. Yeah, of course. Um, And Christopher Walken coming in his room when he's all tied up and like not talking to him, but like and then like touching the 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 ties, but not like not acknowledging the fact that he's tied up. (laughs) It just it just it's wonderful. That movie is so good. All right, and Roger, you chose one from the mid-90s by a director I love. Maybe you guys not so much, but Michael Bay, um, Bad Boys by director Michael Bay. Martin Lawrence, who got first billing on that movie. Martin Lawrence, Will Smith, Tia Leone, uh, Teresa Randall, Joe Pantoliano, Marg Helgenberger, 1995. Why should we check that one out again? So this is the movie that brought uh, Will Smith from TV guy to movie star. Mm -hmm. Um, This is what brought him up. This is the... I would I would dare to say the seminal Michael Bay movie, you know, the one that everybody remembers as all around good, you know, probably his last all around good, no. good movie until until ambulance. <laughs> That's a long time, dude. And the, listen, there's a lot of bad in the middle. Hold on, of it. hold on, hold on. I mean, I can't give you 13 hours on that one. I got to I got to say 13 hours was pretty okay. good. It's okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So it's not, it's the king of the pile of crap, I guess. Sure. Fine. 
great. Um, but I mean, listen, Bad Boys is awesome. It's it's a good action comedy. It's funny. It's cool. Um, dialogue's hilarious. Um, it's a great movie. Like Bad Boys is an awesome movie. It's very um, this, mid, it's very mid nineties. So they they made a franchise out of it, which brings us into Chris's selection. Mm-hmm. Which I have chosen Bad Boys 2 as a movie. Also, also directed by Michael Bay, Will Smith had the top billing, Martin Lawrence, Gabrielle Union, Peter Stormare, Teresa Randall, Joe Pantoliano, Michael Shannon. That came in 2003, eight years later. Yep, and within the same franchise, you have the two different Michael Bay films. You know what I mean? Pretty much. Where you, this is the era of, you know, you have more American flag slow-mo shots and helicopters you can shake a stick at. You know, Dude, they throw a boat off some at somebody <laughs> off on a fucking high speed chase. Yes, is the only answer to that. But like, you know, this is you know, this has some whether you like it or hate it, some great shots as insane and you know, crazy as they are. Again, I think hilarious dialogue, just like you talked about with the other one, you know. And just the story goes long, don't get me wrong. But what is it, two and a half hours it's, long, it's, isn't it? It's almost yeah, it, it's a long film, and it feels like it. But the whole time, you either get people are getting shot, yelled at, you're laughing, or things are exploding. Yeah, so no, you, you can't hate it too much. Which so. really sums up the big chunk of Michael Bay. Exactly. In the there. <laughs> so I, I have a personal love for Bad Boys 2. It was one of my best friend's like top three movies. And he watched like Transformers. Bad Boys 2 and uh, something else on repeat. I saw a lot of Bad Boys 2. So. Dude, when he sticks the gun through the hole and shoots yep. that guy in the it's face. Icon- that's yes. an iconic shot still. Love you, it. you still see like... During you know, the track when it's going all the way around. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but the, but that's the that's Bay's signature. Bay's signature shot is the is the 360 pan around. Or the, oh, yeah. like the well, now, and now he does it with drones. He well, found now he a way to evolve that shot. But that's you the thing. is I mean? like The second one, what the first one did was you could tell Michael Bay was still kind of like under studio control. Like people were like, okay, my hey, hey, Michael, stop, stop, calm down for a second. And I like where your like, head's at, but let's yeah. bring that down. <laughs> this, Listen, this this shot cannot cost three point eight million dollars. Yeah, this is cool, but this is four million dollars. So Michael, no. we we've been shooting the same shot for for four hours. Let's move on. Thank you. Um, but you can tell the second one, they just said, you know what, make us some money, please. Then they just gave him a blank check. But it's like, okay, so let me ask you this: is I've just revisited these first two movies uh, recently, and Bad Boys Three. The first one was kind of you could tell because of, it was very 90s-ish in the way. Of like I remember all those driving shots. Where like it was always it was super close up, and it's just all the gold and the blues and the colors. It was just, and then the second one kind of I kept those themes. It just added a hilariously stupid story to it. The first one kind of had a personal touch, but it was just Martin Lawrence being Martin Lawrence from wearing the vest without the shirt and like. Oh, you know, baby, I was gonna tell you, but you know, you know, doing that thing they, you know, the Fresh Prince did when he was kind of bullshit Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv. You know, it doesn't work anymore because it never worked to begin with. It was just it was funny for whatever time in American history's TV and cinema. I, I'm not quite sure it works again. But the second one kind of did away with all that. And let me ask you a question now: all the mayhem in that second movie, Chris, you've seen quite a few times when yep. when Captain is like, I mean, they cause they have to cause in that movie. I mean, like think. You know, 2003 cops, hundreds of millions of dollars of damage. Oh, at least. Dude, the, all like, the chases they hurricanes do. Hurricanes have you know. done less damage to fucking Florida <laughs> cities than what they did in Bad Boys 2. So, like, they would have been fired. I wish a I long was kidding. <laughs> Wait, so they would have been Are fired. Are you kidding? A long they would have been ago. in fucking prison. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they, they, they'd be gone. But yeah, they never would have stayed on the force. It's just you don't one of those need things. it. You don't need that to be realistic, though, for what that movie was and the time that it came out. Though. No, it that's was... the thing. It's not a crime drama. No. It's it's yeah. action comedy. Yep. Like that's 
what it and is. And one thing I had forgotten about, and I was just rewatching it two or three weeks ago, was in the end when they when they take uh, when they take. Who do they take? They take Marcus's sister. Oh, Gabrielle Union, his sister. Yes. You remember, like, it, that, that in, in the police station, just after they get the drugs, and, like, <clears throat> his sister's been taken, they don't know it yet. And then, like, all those slow mo shots of, like, Mike and Marcus walking in the police station, which is some, for some reason, there's no walls. It's all made of glass. Yes. So, the, I mean, so you get the sun coming in. I mean, in listen, I watched a lot of uh, in, or, uh, CSI Miami. And That's really how it looked yeah. down there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, I mean, it's just, it's just a stylistic choice, but. Um, I, <laughs> You know, there's a lot of hills I, I choose to die on. One of them is like everything should be theatrically released. Another one is I will defend Michael Bay. I've, I've, I've heard someone very foolishly say Michael Bay is everything wrong with cinema. I can't get behind that because as ridiculous as his movies are, the man does push envelopes and he does make money. So, he, I mean, it's, I mean listen, he does make dude, money. Dude can make an action film. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Some of them are not... fucking bad, but he can make them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're all entertaining. Is the point? Even well, the worst so, of the worst okay. Transformers we, is still entertaining. We, we talked about Underground Six. Six Underground. We, Six, yeah, Six Underground, Underground is awful. Like it's an awful movie. Most of the the, the, the last two or three Transformers movies are awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but he makes a ton of money doing it, so I can't. I won't hate on Michael Bay because look, here's the thing. Here's the problem I have with Michael Bay. Legitimately, he can make excellent action. And he can make a good, excellent action movie, like a whole, you know, two hour movie. He can do it very well. We just saw him do that recently in Ambulance. Mm-hmm. Ambulance is a good movie. Like, it really is. Like, the action is good. The shots are good. But that's when, you know, he learns how to use drones uh-huh. for the first time. It's nice. Um, so expect that, you know, going forward. All of that. But that story works. It's a believable story. It's relatable characters and cool action. Like that's Michael Bay where he needs to be. He doesn't need a half a million or half a billion dollar, you know, budget to do that. He just doesn't. So, yeah, but I'm I'm okay when people give him half a billion dollars though. Because no, he's not allowed to have Transformers anymore. <laughs> like he, they took it, they took it from him. They're not going to give it back. Yeah, he yeah. can be a producer. That's fine. He has no budgetary control. <laughs> None. No, it's funny enough. how they're. I just imagine that like they're like. Imagine like a toy you taking away from like a the biggest school kid on the playground. You're like, hey, Mike, Mike, hey, I'm I'm, I'm gonna take this, but you 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 still have your name on it. It's cool. You're still getting money from it. And he's like, okay, you can come by and All look right. at it. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't make uh, it anymore. It. You just can't make it. No. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. That's how I feel. But I mean, Michael Bay still has as many good movies in him. I have no doubt that he does. Well, have, I, listen, that's the thing yeah. is I know he can do it, mm-hmm. and I hope you know. But uh, he was in Bad Boys Three, if you remember, when Marcus's daughter got married hilariously to reggie from bad boys 2 uh the very funny scene at the front door he got when his daughter reggie gets married in up. bad boys 3 michael bay is the efficient the, the who's the efficient no what's the efficient the, the so efficient of, of yeah of the of the wedding and i thought that was kind of a nice touch because you know the, so, the series started with him i have a um i have a an interesting like tidbit stat for these two movies and i think we can move on from the bad boys talk and the michael bay show that we're we're doing right now good but um Bad Boys, the first Bad Boys, had a critic score of 43% of Rotten Tomatoes, which is retroactive because people went, because that wouldn't exist when it was around. So that's after everyone has their opinions on Michael Bay and his films. So 43% critic score is Bad Boys. Bad Boys 2. But by the way, that's far too low for Bad Boys. Well, I agree with that, especially for the first one. Bad Boys 2 has a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, no, I get that. But I, I totally understand that one. The audience score for both films is 78. Oh, both, okay. both of them. Really? So it's 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 one of those things where like critics, you can say what you want about him. He gave the people what they wanted both times. It seems. Yeah. 
So, you know, you got exactly what you expected from Michael Bay at the time from both films. So I, one last thing and I'll say about it and we will be done. So I watched Bad Boys 2 in the theater in, when I was in college. So, like, I was, like, the peak demo okay. for that. Yeah. Like, legitimately, you know, yep. early 20s, you know, a bunch of guys went. Like, that's what it was. A bunch of dudes went to the movies, right? And, listen, I know Bad Boys 2 is not good. You know, especially the more that I get into breaking down what actually makes a movie legitimately good in the long run i remember having a damn fun time watching that piece of shit though for right? real like it's really really bad but at the time i was like yeah fucking blow up that ship yeah mm-hmm. shoot the clan yeah but like i don't know man <laughs> now now it's just it's not there well true. but then it was perfect right oh, yeah, it was, exactly i i only i only bring it up I, I i like the selection this week boys because i i i do think bad boys 3 was actually pretty good Roger, I, I think I'm, you. I'm, I'm I, think liking that I, I, yeah. I like Bad Boys Three. I yeah. did. It was. I, I think did, one I, of the, I like the change of pace with it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I like the. You know, it's. I, I like the. Um. The. You know. I'm considering it a 30 years later sequel, even though it's not 30. But I'm considering one of those in that same category, and it's mm-hmm. one of the ones that's been that's been better. I think. You know. But we will move on from the Michael Bay talk because um, we will. Uh, you know, this one. I think if there is another one, it'll come out next, probably next summer. So. We will see it then, and we'll, we'll get more into the bad boys lore then. But let's talk about some trailers, gentlemen. Let's talk about a good person with Morgan Freeman and Roger, you love her, Florence Pugh. And My she, lady Flo. She is amazing. And everything she's in, she is always great. Let's talk about a good person. I like her. What are we thinking <laughs> about... Morgan Freeman never seems to age, by the way. So uh, just, this movie aged. looks sad as shit. Sad as shit and probably pretty good. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah this will I mean, be one that we're talking about next year during Oscar time. It seems it, it has the chance. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think I, that's, that's probably too much. It's soppy enough and heartwarming enough. And it does have the and, cast and for performance it, enough. It, it, it just seems like it's, it's taking a lot of those boxes. Maybe not on purpose, but I think they probably have something here because this isn't usually my style of film that I like want to go see, but it's like, oh, that's going to make me sad. Yep. But I want to see it. <clears> then I'll be happy yeah. or at least satisfied. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. Maybe I'm just getting old. But no, I, I think this one looks, looks pretty good. And Morgan Freeman seems to, you know, he might have some comedy in it, which there's one point. Morgan where Freeman both, is funny as fuck, by is. the way. He is. Me and you both laughed at the same part. Though, we when, did. We did laugh at the joke where he's talking with his teenage daughter about having sex. He's like, I don't want to talk to you about this. He's like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I love this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're going to be talking about it at Oscar time, but I, I, I will think we'll be talking about it as one of the more fondly remembered movies of that year. And I, I, I bring it up only because Zach Braff is making this. And to and I, yeah. I that's a big deal because he also did um, Garden State back in like two thousand four, which was another one of those movies that came along and just it just wowed people. Like came out of fucking nowhere and wowed people. I mean, I so, think Zach Braff is you know I, I I like Zach Braff as an actor, but I you know I I, I do remember seeing that film and I, I I thought it was good, you know, and it was surprising because knowing who Zach who like the characters that Zach Braff has played. So it know. is. It, it's, it's got a lot. It's got a ton of emotion and a ton of heart, mm-hmm. and it really captures intimacy between two people. So I'm hoping, as a director of this one, also he's he's able to recapture what he did with Garden State because there are a lot of people today that will still tell you Garden State is one of the best movies they have ever seen. So I'm just hoping he's able to recapture that because it's I mean, uh, you know that's why we watch movies at least on this i'll, I'll stick the low balls thing if i have to watch it i hope it's good mm-hmm. yep. yeah of course we hope everything's good 
hell, the, the motto of our show is we just hope it doesn't suck, which isn't a high bar, but that is the bar, <laughs> unfortunately. is it, Sometimes it's, it's, it's too high. Incredibly unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's too high is absolutely correct. Let's talk about the, well, Boston Strangler with Kira Knightley. What are we thinking about this? Are we into so it? Or are we not me, into it? me and Chris talked about this a little bit before we got together here. I was kind of hoping this was going to be a series, um, but I mean, I was thinking limited series with Hulu because Hulu's done a really good job with some limited series stuff. Hulu can make a damn fine movie. We've seen it a couple of times now. Um, with like uh, last one, I remember off the top of my head was Prey. I thought mm-hmm. that was very. Oh good. yeah, Prey was good. Um, I I like the idea of following the story because especially if it's true, because Boston Strangler was a big deal back in the day. Um, and I'd like to see how this turns out. Um, but I was legitimately hoping it was going to be a limited series with Kira Knightley and her and them. So it's not, but I hope it's a good movie. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting because it's a, it's it's a legend. Like that guy was, uh, he was a legend. A lot like you know the Zodiac Killer was that the Boston Strangler was kind of a legend in his own time, and he just. You know, I, I hope they're able to. Grayson has fond memories of posters on his wall of the Boston Strangler. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, I mean, he has a whole thing, like a whole the Boston Strangler. That was him. So he made it to the big leagues, I guess, as you could say. But I mean, it's I hope it has Zodiac vibes because I, I like Zodiac a whole, whole lot. And that's another, you know, movie about a serial killer who, you know, there's kind of some mystique surrounding. I just, you know, I kind of like the angle that they that they pursued on, on, on that movie Zodiac. So I hope we get some of like that. Um, but I'm excited. We don't see Kira Knightley much anymore. I don't really know where she's been, but it's nice to see her again. She was everywhere in the early 2000s, so it's nice to see her again. I also like her. She's good. <laughs> Chris nods. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's talk. So the last one I posted on Thursday night was Children of the Corn uh, looks to be a remake. Now, I can't so, tell if this so, is so, already so, hey, out. Or... Hey, hey, Grayson. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? I hate this. For bringing this back to yep. his existence. No, nope. don't need this. Well, I mean, the original Children of the Corn is a, is a cult masterpiece. It's, it's it's a hit. The The sequels kind of left something to be desired, I think. But So we were talking, aren't there like four of them, four or five? Yeah, there there are several. But the first one, I think, is is you know the one that's very the most remembered, you know, with the, with the kids that do what they do with their leader, Malachi. Um, he's a little crazy, but that's the thing. I, I don't... <laughs> I don't wow. again, it's, way it's to those, undersell that. Well, I, I did undersell, but okay. Let's just again. It's one of those like if you put me in that town, I'm just gonna just they're done. Put something in my hand to defend myself. They're all dead. I'm they're, they're done. They're not, they're not getting no. me. They're not getting. Just me. leave. Yeah, well, that's what that's the thing. Just leave. I don't understand why in horror films people just don't just like why would you? Yes, there's a demon possessing your house. Leave that. Just go. Just take your stuff and leave the house. Gone. Also, but I, but I grew up in that house. Burn it down on the way out. Yeah, yeah burn it to the ground. But it, it's it's one it's one of those things. I don't know. But my sick I, kid can't leave the house without his respirator. I have to stay. I've burn seen it. so some of the some of the IMDb stuff says 2020. Some of it says 2023. I, I don't just that was probably a mistake. I shouldn't post it. But I think it's kind of cool. So if that is a thing, then we will check it out. I will make sure we watch it for the show because Roger loves it. Yeah, it's be his great. favorite series, Children of the Corn. No, no, not not at all. All right, gentlemen, let's talk about a movie, shall we? Yeah, I think we're good. Let's do it. Let's jump into it. Now, this is a big week. Uh, it's not every week you get a you get a Marvel movie that has come out. But let's talk about Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Let's start where we always do with 
the Rotten Tomato score of this one, which I don't for some reason have up. Oh, come on, man. Sorry. Way to drop the ball. Oh, it's there a we go. 48. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> a 48 on the tomato meter, but the audience score is at an 83. An 83 for this movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. An 83. We all watch the same movie, right? Why are we all yeah. thinking different things? I don't get it. I mean, so, maybe you're the only one thinking different things. You uh, haven't heard the opinions yet. No, but maybe. Okay, so maybe, maybe not. But the Metacritic is also forty-eight. Oh, Fair. All right. That's that's that's, yeah, that, that's not that. great, Bob. <laughs> All right. So let's get some particulars out of the way. This is a big. I think this is a much bigger deal than people are giving you credit for because this is the first like I think mainstream movie that we've had in a long time from the Marvel stuff. You know, but let's talk about it. So. Paul Rudd, of course, um, revising his role as Scott Lang. Evangeline Lilly as Hope. And then Jonathan Majors, Catherine Newton, Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael Douglas, Bill Murray, Katie O'Brien, William Jackson Harper, Jamie Andrew Cutler. Directed by Peyton Reed. Roger, what is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania about? What is this installment in the MCU about? Um, Yeah, tell us, Roger. Tell Tell us us what this movie is about. Going to and escaping from the quantum realm. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, that, that all right. Multiple, all it's, right. It's multiple, multiple So I'm not, not wrong. Okay. Um, no, I'll rest on that. <laughs> I, I do want to say to, you know, you mentioned that this is the only Marvel film in, uh, like, that's like, like a big film. We've had a lot of big ones, actually. So it, it, this isn't the only one. But th- this no, is no, no. I that... mean, but like this is like one of the ma- since Thanos snap and Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Like this is one of the mainstream. Like we've already had several installments in Ant Man. He's been one of the Avengers. Like because what movies we've been getting lately? Like Doctor Strange. We didn't have a lot of before the Avengers. Uh, before the last, before the snap, um, we had the Eternals. We just had some weird ones. It didn't really well, jive. Be- before we dig into this action movie, I do want to bring up something that is very Marvel-y here for just a second. So again, though, so we are in the post-snap world yep. of Marvel. Mm-hmm. However, we have no idea how much time has passed mm-hmm. in their realm, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's nothing clear anyway. You, well, you can guess, but yeah. Here's the thing. Again, though, I'm thinking not that long down the line. So, so I think I can point something out to that though. And I don't want to give away like the way, like the other things I can bring up in this film. So first off, I think we need to decide real quick how deep we want to go into this movie. Cause I could talk about a lot of things here, uh, just with the Marvel implications, the story implications, you know, how it all lines up, but like they haven't been very clear on time. No, just like you brought up. Yep. This is multiple movies now. Yep. I don't think that's an accident at this point. You know, I don't think so maybe I'm giving Disney more credit than they're due, blah, blah, blah. But the whole idea of what's happening and what Marvel's building is all time related. And mm-hmm. it all has to deal with, you know, like like what happens with time, with, with a whole bunch of different events we're dealing with. I think they're not telling you when it's happening because it actually isn't the important factor. Yet. Yet, exactly. And like where a lot of things that are going to happen or do happen or are happening it's all based on the fact that it doesn't matter where this exactly lines up time-wise because as these strings get plucked specifically by, you know, by Kang, which is the villain in this, and we, we, we know what he's capable of already from, from what we saw in Loki, that that's what matters, and it doesn't matter exactly when we're in there because it, all of it is affected by what he does in his actions at each like point in time. Okay. So I think that's on purpose, and I think it is by design, and I will give Marvel that credit because it makes sense when you think about it that way. Sure. 
Otherwise, yeah, they're stupid or they don't know or they don't care about giving us exact timelines. They can just say it's after snap and it's easy. So the the one thing I would state, though, and I agree with everything you just said, except the very end where you just said, or they're just stupid. I don't even think that's on the table. Here. Okay. Because, okay. you know, lo- for the last couple of movies, love them or hate them, mm-hmm. they have an idea that they are trying to get in line yep. for. Like, that is very, very clear. Mm-hmm. Now, look. You know, we we talked talked a lot about it during um, the last Thor movie, Love and Thunder. Like Marvel is not exactly on its greatest streak of best films that they've ever made. Agreed. However, their through line remains true. And the one thing that they've been very good at is driving this point home of what we are supposed mm-hmm. seeing, what they want us to see to set up the next movie or next series. What I will give them, and then we can move on. You know, from this part of the discussion is that you know. What they're doing is difficult. The subject they've chosen, which is their own fault. Yep. Time travel and time placement and multiverse is all very complex, you know, below the surface. And the time of the Starburst Stones was a much simpler time for Marvel. It was a much more tangible, you know, hey, this is the stuff that we're chasing. This is what happens when it happens. This is why this is the bad thing. Where this is much more, there's a lot more underneath the surface here. So they chose a very difficult thing to kind of map out and bring to life to like movie life for people. I will give them that credit at the same time. It's their choice to do that. So if they fumble on it, that's their fault for choosing it. All right. I kind of agree with you in a weird way, Chris, but I mean, doesn't it doesn't don't didn't all roads eventually point to, they're going to have to go down in the quantum realm eventually and have all, because this isn't the only, this isn't the only time we're going to spend in the quantum realm for a whole movie. I'm sure there's going to be several movies. I I don't, Listen, I obviously have no input on this. I think this is the last time we go to the quantum realm for quite a while. I was going to say. Because here's the thing. Everybody's coming out yeah. of the quantum realm. So, yeah. So, like, and I agree I agree with that statement. I, 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 Grayson, I don't think we go back to the I think this was the time we needed to spend in the quantum realm to build up the story and the backstory of the villain in the Marvel movie cinematic universe. Because we already had him in the TV side of things. This is now showing him to everyone in, in, in the movie sphere. And they've built this character, this big bad that we're going to be focused on, you know, as we go forward in the, in the through line. I don't think we go back to the quantum realm. I think we're done with it for a while, like like Roger said. I agree with that. Uh, okay, fair. That's that's fair. You well, guys have more so, insight okay, into so, that. So I think, I think we should remember this. And when we get close to the talking about the end of the movie, I think I can bring up a lot of points on why we're why we're done with it. Sure, that's fine. Because they had they had the perfect opportunity to leave us there in some way, and they copped out of it, which would have been a better story. I, I I think I so. I would, about it, and I uh, so yeah. agree with that. Yep, yep absolutely. absolutely. And we'll talk about it. So, I had about hundred percent agree with you. And now I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring that up later. But yeah, yeah we'll, so we'll talk. so where do we so. When, when when we start well, Ant-Man and the Wasp, sorry, go yeah. go ahead, Roger. I don't want to. Let me, let me just let me get us to where we need to go to talk about yeah. what we actually need to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So the real short version of it is everything's kind of moved on post-snap mm-hmm. Thanos, right? The world is pretty much what we consider back to normal. Mm-hmm. You know, Scott's not really doing a whole lot of stuff. There's no Avengers things going on. His daughter feels like he's not doing anything to help out other people and doesn't affect him. And listen. It might be true. Very well might be. He's kind of kicked back. He's living the good life. Mm-hmm. He's a famous guy. He's not like a dick about it or anything, but he's not really doing anything. His daughter's become an activist. You know, she got arrested, you know, for protesting them clearing out a homeless camp. Like she's trying to do something with her life. Mm-hmm. And the short version of it is, is they're trying to show Scott what they've been working on. And the whole family gets sucked into the quantum realm, all five of them. Right. right? 
And this story is them entering the quantum realm, getting from point A to point B, meeting Kang, which is the most important part, finding out more of Kang's backstory yes, and how he fits into the Marvel Universe, and then a little Viva Revolution that we get at the end. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. There's a whole lot of this movie to unpack, but like 99% of it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Look, this movie's weird, unnecessarily so at some times. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie rips a scene directly out of Star Wars for 15 or 20 minutes of screen time, which, <laughs> all right, sure, fine, but come on, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the real the real through line is Kang. It's Scott and Kang and the family, and that's really it now i know we got to talk about more stuff because we're a movie podcast here but i'm telling you after watching this movie this movie could have been a 25 minute long snippet and would have accomplished exactly the same thing as what we got and i I hate to marginalize a movie like this but this movie's just so far out of left field of what a movie what i thought now was i'm not going to judge it because this is not what i thought we were going to get I, I if just, anyone's gonna do that, it's gonna be me. Well, yeah, no, so this this is this is like Chris is super excited for this movie, and you know he'll he'll talk here in a minute or two about how he really feels about it. But most of this movie could be boiled down in thirty minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And we'd still could have got the same exact kind of movie. And you know when we're ready to talk about Kang and the implications of how this goes forward, I'll be really happy to thrill thrill to talk about that. But a lot of this is just filler. Yeah, it's like a giant anime. Right. Like, you know, that's the best. That's the best description I've, I've well, heard about. This. It's right. Like yeah. you walk, you get to one place, you do something, you walk to another place, you do something like this is a giant fucking Pokemon game. Like this is all that this is here. And I know I know it sounds weird. Marvel is better at this. That's better at storytelling than this. So I know this isn't the case for the film. And Grayson, I think you'll probably understand what I'm saying here. This feels like they couldn't decide if this was going to be a uh, TV show series on Disney plus, or if this is going to be a movie. Oh fuck. I never thought about it right? like that because the way that it's even like the way the movies cut, how like certain characters are doing certain things and then they cut to other characters in the middle and then go back. It's so weird. Like it's a almost, TV show. Yeah. It's almost like this thing was like, was like six or seven different stories that had like a little bit of an, of, of like, of like a running arc on the episodic version of it. And instead, they made a movie out of it or whatever like decisions they made to get there. That's what it feels like to me. And this could have been, like you said, 30 minutes. They could have did a 30-minute special, 45-minute special, like the Christmas special, and just got some really serious stuff out of the way. Or this is going to be a long-running TV, you know, one of their TV things, episodic. Interesting. That's what it feels like to me. Now, I'm probably wrong. This is probably just a bad cut movie, but like the way that it plays out and the things that they tackle, this could have been like, you know, Ant-Man and Wasp's wacky zany adventures in the, in quantum, the quantum realm. realm. Yeah, like, you know, like an eight-episode, ten-episode thing that they do. But Shit, in, in, six hours, six six episodes, 40 yeah. to 45 minutes. Yep, exactly. See? <laughs> Fuck, why didn't I think about that? Yeah, so it's just, in that's what I feel like, like, it was, it just, I had that feeling the whole time. But, that being said, you're absolutely right. 30 minutes of what happened here is all you really need. Everything else is just just doesn't matter especially since the way that they've explained time working within the quantum realm once they leave and they come back nothing's going to be the same well and the other part of it is too is because of how time works in the quantum realm how long have they been gone so here's the thing and 
Grayson, this is I'll give you the kudos on this one because you're because I know this is a point that you like, you know, because you like to have, you know, like, you know, continuity amongst like the way they explain things. They choose when they're using that in this at this point. And it and it kind of sucks because, you know, like how long has it been? I bet you I bet you it's it's linear time when they go back. I guarantee it. Okay, so I I don't disagree with how that may be. Yeah. But you remember when Scott Lang went to the quantum realm? No. He was gone for 10 minutes and it was five years. There, there's an explanation. And he, well, he said five, five hours to five years. Uh, okay, sure. within that, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's an explanation for that. What is that? It was two hours and 30 minutes. They were in the, the quantum po- realm. The pocket of the quantum realm that they're in, that Kang's in, is outside of space and time. Okay. That's the whole, that, that's where he got exiled to. And then, so like he is in a pocket of the quantum realm that doesn't, isn't affected by space or time. So it's like nothing happens. Like no okay. time goes by. So it's either no time or it's been 27 years. Exactly. Yeah. Which, again, it's just, it's a lot of convenience. A well, lot I mean, of plot I mean, we know it's been 30 years at least. Because for she what? Was, well, Janet talks about she was down there for 30 years. And, and, and it was in line with, with Topside. That's what right, I mean. Yeah, like, okay, it's like sure, there's no sure, difference sure. in time there. Linear. It, it, yeah. it, it runs linear. So, like, if they come back, they've been gone for a couple of days. Exactly. Sure. Which is convenient, blah, blah, blah. And so people that are like interested in like, that cool sciencey part of what Marvel's, you know, doing or like what the quantum realm is, you ain't gonna get that from this one. That's not what's gonna happen. It's gonna be almost linear time scaling, I bet, from what if they even if they even address it, because they've chosen not to address pockets of time. Well, and the other the other thing too that we can never forget about when it comes to Marvel is they fucking invented time travel. Like, yep. hold on, functional time travel. Mm-hmm. So if they ever had to go back in time, it can be done. Yeah. Well, remember, so, remember what the Hulk says about time travel. It's either all a joke or none of it is. But yep. it's, it's here's the thing: none of it's a joke now. Ah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because they've chosen to make it the serious subject. Yep. Well, so uh, there's I don't know about well, that. There's 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 things they show you in this in this movie that go along with what you learned in in Loki, and you can love it or hate it. The fact that they're putting important things in their in their episodic, very important things. That's what they want, and they're going to do it. But they show you some things. In this movie, they don't it, they don't blatantly tell you, but if you pay attention, you you like there's some very serious things that are explained from the other point, you know the the TV point in time with Loki, with what Kang's doing and the time pockets and what's being affected. Well, they talk about time pockets. Kang himself talks about his own variants. Yep, and his own timelines and the branches, how they need to be trimmed off and that sort of stuff. Yeah, so like he knows which. You know what the TVA oh, or yeah. whatever um, is so, working with. So. so we'll get to that part. Bring back, bring the TVA back up when we get to like near the end of the discussion because sure. I got, I can hit some points with that. I think from what I've like, you know, I really seen. do wish I'd rewatch Loki before. This. I watched, I watched the last, the last two episodes. I would, I wish I would watch the last three after I watched them, but just to kind of like refamiliarize myself with what's happening and there, there's some cool stuff happening in my opinion, which because I'm, I'm a sci-fi geek and I like all this stuff. Well, just so one, one last thing I'll say about it. Mm-hmm. Remember. For all of what this movie is when it comes to time and Kang and all that, Loki is very good. Mm-hmm. This is. movie is not that. No, good. it isn't. It <laughs> Which isn't. Is very disappointing. But, but here's the thing. We got sold something in the trailer, or at least maybe I did. Maybe I'm the only one that bought it the way that I did. But like, there's even things that have been changed from the trailer. Like the deal that's being brokered between Scott and Kang in mm-hmm. the trailer. It's not the same that happens in the nope, movie. It's not. It, Intentional it's, misdirection. Yes, which is fine. But like, you know, it... it, it what you're going to go and see is not going to be as as serious toned, whatever you want, what you want from a Marvel movie. We know they can be serious. This one isn't one of those. 
and the journey is a little bit different than I expected. But back to like the through line of what the movie is, like we gave the big overarching. They do get pulled into the quantum realm together, which I think it's kind of funny that Scott Lang is like a semi-retired, you know. Well, hold, like, hold, man hold on, let's, let's just no. But that that that's the thing is, I mean, it's just a comment on what you just said. It does at one point try to be a serious movie. I mean, Kang makes some pretty pretty heinous threats towards Scott's daughter that, I mean, he does, he definitely plans on following through with if Scott doesn't do what he asks. See, I have a problem with that, though, too, because I think there's a better movie if something's different, but I'll get to, uh, uh, we'll touch on that here in a second. But, like, the movie is serious when Kang's on screen, right? The movie is deadly serious every, I agree. every, every time he's on screen. And maybe that we want, they were going for that to make him seem more of, like, of, like, a heavy character or more of, like, an intentional, like, threat to everyone. Like make the movie super lighthearted, unless the big bad's on screen, then we make it. You know, we turn it to a serious film. But like, w- like when we Scott Lang is a retired, is basically retired at home writing a book and has no idea what's going on in his basement. Like that, like that's what Marvel's selling us. You know what I mean? So that's kind of crappy. And then they get pulled into the quantum realm, and then that's when the adventures, quote unquote, uh, like you know, begin. And you have this weird thing with uh, what's a uh, what's Hope's mom's name? in the film Janet. Janet Janet you have this weird thing where she's super tight-lipped about what she's experienced in the quantum realm for 30 years won't talk to anybody about it and my big problem with this factoid is that a not only is it integral to the movie but like Janet knows the people that she knows right yes. she knows an actual avenger right so how come she doesn't believe it's pertinent to talk to people about a possible world timeline ending threat that she knows about that is such a cop-out for storytelling it's it's very marvel and it's even worse than that it's i think it's below them because they drag that point out through the whole film where she's well for 90 percent of the film where she just can't tell them she just won't tell them and it got to the point where when they're in the weird spaceship with the googly arm drivers and i believe those are fleshlights (laughs) no see damn it (laughs) <laughs> I meant to, I'll never uh, see that again. I meant to tell you not to say that. I meant to. I even made a note. Tell Roger not to say anything about flashlights. Damn it! Oh well, you missed your point. I did. But, um, anyway, go on. But like, so like, it's where in the, with they're in the ship with the drivey hands, and Hope says, "You're still hiding this from. You still won't tell us." I rolled my eyes because, like, yeah, she's right. We're three fourths of this movie, and you still haven't told them about what you what you learned about with Kang. And that's stupid. Yeah, I mean, look, you met a guy down here that might be a universal destroying god. Yeah. And you you failed to mention it to, I don't know. An Avenger? I know. Anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's not even your, you know, your your stepson or, you know, your son-in-law or whatever. And When you're actively in a family that fucks with the quantum realm. Like, you know this. Yeah. Like, you know, you have time travelers in the family. You know, that's yeah. it. Guys who know gods like literal gods it's just it's things like that that i do wish that like that's that's marvel phase one and two like things that you can forgive we're so far into this now that you can't have plot driving devices that are just that eye rolly at this point but you can and they do well yeah you're right well clearly you can but you shouldn't yeah that's fair i mean yeah so it's like there's, you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah. So we we go on this weird ride with all of these wacky adventures, you know, uh, trials and tribulations of the quantum realm, which eventually intersect all of our characters to the power source that gets blown up and Scott has to help with, blah blah blah. So like that's when 
the bulk of the conversation I believe we're going to have is going to be anyway. So like, you know, is there like, I can't think of anything worth noting within them getting sucked to the quantum realm and then arriving at that point that even matters besides Scott's interaction with Kang when he's in the jail cell. Okay. Other than that, nothing happens before yeah, that point. The, that the entire the entire movie boils down to the fight at Kang's place. Right. The, the fight and the the discussion with Scott Kang. Have. Yeah. Because I'll bring up my first thing that I have a problem with in the film. I don't. I think it's a huge mistake to have Cassie in the film, the way that the way that she's here, because the, the way whole, that she's presented. You mean, like uh, as a the way she's presented is fine, but the movie's better if she's still topside. Okay, you know, and the reason why is because the whole thing is he offers Scott more time with Cassie, and that's a that's a better decision for Scott, and a better character moment for him to be enticed by that because he lost that. It's a big deal to him. He he mentions it in the Avenger in the in the Avengers movie with the the Infinity Stones. He lost five years. Yeah, yeah. So like, don't have her down there. Have her. You know, she built it, and then they mess with it while she's in jail or something, and they're in the quantum realm. And like he and he offers to him, then I can give you time with your daughter back. The same thing he offered Janet, which would be you know his mo at that point. And then he. And then he considers it and goes through with it. That's a better character build. That's a better character arc. It's a bigger decision to make. Instead, it defaults to... Well, it's more impactful. That's for yeah, sure. and then it, it just defaults into bad guy, bad, and I'm going to kill your daughter in front of you kind of thing. Whatever. You know, that we see that all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you get a better you know, story beat elsewhere, and it lets you do more things with the characters because you have to include Cassie's like mini adventure that we have along with her because it takes screen time and a long movie that isn't great. I just I think that that's the the first really big flaw of the film, you know, like actual like scene wise that I think just would have been way better with Scott making the decision to be with to really be with Cassie because someone can give him that power. The, sure. You know, where when he tried to get Janet with it, it didn't work. But Scott, he wants that. He wants As that. He bad wanted that more than anything. It. Yep. Yeah. So I just but think there, it's but, a, but therein lies the superhero conundrum. <clears throat> Do you? I mean, I thought that was interesting. The, the the scene in the jail cell, I thought, was one of the more interesting moments in the movie. A, because Agreed. Jonathan Majors is awesome. And he, Fuck oh, yeah, he's he is. great he, as Kang, too. He, he does a great job with absolute trash he's dialogue. He's everything that he does. Yeah. Wait, okay, so he, he turns absolute trash dialogue into wonderful dialogue. Um, okay. the, the writing in this movie is abysmal. And, and, and I, I'm, I mean, something I've been saying for years now is, is because people that were young when I was young are now writing, and they, they're so... I want to be a writer. So they just write and they don't, they don't understand the pros and they, they just write. It's just Chris, what you just said is the exact point of that. And I think going back to earlier, when we talked about this movie, stealing all of its visuals from other things, it, that's exactly what they're doing is millennials are now becoming millennials are writers now. And they're having input and they're all their input is stolen stuff. So anyway, that's the whole thing. But well, yeah, the, but the, like, the scene in the, go, sorry, go ahead. But I'll put up when you're done. I want to go back to the jail cell. That's fine. Well, the, all I'm saying is, is, is like, you, if you remove Cassie from the actual quantum realm, you can still have all the key scenes that happen afterwards too. Because you know, like, we'll talk about the the scene when he's inside the core, and it's like all the all the different Scots. He can still have the same motivation because they all come together for the same reason. You know what I mean? So, like, you still have that without Cassie in the quantum realm. So okay, so the scene in the jail cell I thought was one of the more interesting moments because it, it's the. It's the Spider-Man dilemma. You can save one or you can save all of them. And I don't the, the movie shouldn't have ended the way it did. He should have had to chose all and sacrifice Mary Jane, but that is the superhero's choice is and it always is a choice. Mm-hmm. They can 
his daughter for the galaxy, that's an easy choice. Man, maybe not, maybe not for him, but it's an easy choice for us to say that Scott should make. And that's what that's part of the reason I don't understand why he was making some of the because I mean, again, he's that wasn't the superhero mantra, even though he's already gone through that journey earlier in his in his movies. But let's just back up a little bit and start where we start with. I think where we start in this movie is kind of important, though. It's we don't why I referenced the earlier movies is because I thought this movie might have a problem with. So I wanted to go kind of refresh our course on when Marvel did it very well was in those three movies. I mentioned earlier in the show about Iron Man, Thor and Captain America is the one thing those movies do extremely well. And, and, and in defense of what I'm about to say is the scope is a whole lot smaller than where we are right now is, yeah, you know, those are origin stories focused on that one part of that character at the time. It's always in one town, one villain, a couple of characters, pretty simple compared to where we are now in the MCU and where we've been for the past five years or, you know, past 10 years. So the interpersonal relationships we don't get nearly enough time in this movie before being sucked into the quantum realm. We get the funniness of that guy at the coffee shop says, thank you, Spider-Man. Like no one, I mean, people know who he is. People look at him. He's an Avenger. Some of them don't know which Avenger, but they know he's an important guy. Funny, kind of hilarious. Then we go to the house. Everyone's having a good time. Then we get sucked into the quantum realm. Now where Marvel, I think needs to focus and where they haven't focused for a long time, even the Thor movie we just had, was they 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 sacrifice personal connection time for us with the characters and they just get sucked right into the big grandiose all the effects all the pew 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 lasers and wherever we are quantum realm we're on thor's world wherever the hell we are i i think that's a problem because we needed more time outside the quantum realm before we got sucked in in, in, in this movie this is a very long movie and we could have used another 10 or 15 minutes and you know where the movie started i was okay with it and then we got sucked in and i was like wait a minute where's the the chats you know his daughter's an activist getting you know but like again the whole the heavy-handed the very heavy-handed political commentary marvel it's getting mm-hmm. it's getting to the point where it's starting to cost you money so maybe not but there's a lot of political talk in this movie with i mean v- visually and with plot i I just wish they would leave it neutral or leave it out. I just I, I don't like that. That just could be me. Maybe people love it. I don't know, but just me. And it's it cuts into the time we get with what we used to love with Marvel. And that's oh, that's my that's my number one problem with this movie is we don't get anything that we used to have as standard in Marvel movies. Why they were so great to begin with mm-hmm. is there, it's just done. At post Thanos, Marvel has a problem, and this is. I thought this was going to be one to get him back on track, but. Anyway, that's a, so. I just wanted so where we start with, he's a celebrity, his daughter's an activist, the whole family's together, sucked in the quantum realm. Now we're in the quantum realm. All the ants yeah. made it, thank goodness, because you can't have Ant Man move without ants. <laughs> um, you know, Hank Pym, that's his thing. So, what? Okay, so the first twenty minutes, I judge. I, I, I just want your, you know, just a couple of thoughts from each. We don't need to talk about that. Why do we need to talk about first? We need to talk about the last thirty minutes, or we don't need to talk about anything in this movie. Well, I mean, my point is, it's all useless. That's what. Yeah, none of it. That's why none of it matters. That's my point. None of it. None none of that. You 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 could boil this movie down to what you said about twenty five minute movie, and would still would have been fine. An episode. I think. I think that's kind of my point on why I'm so upset about it is because, like, you know, as I as I got a lot of cool visuals and a lot of cool sci fi looking stuff, but I didn't get. Story's not a there. cohesive story. It's I got a whole bunch there. of little mini stuff that doesn't matter because, like I said, until you besides the the meeting with Kang in the jail cell, until you get to the core, 
nothing mattered in the film. Nothing. Nope. You know, the, you had your Marvel comedy, blah, 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 and all this other stuff. But other than that, yeah, I mean, like... You know, not even very much of that either, Not even. Way. And I agree with you, Grayson, on the fact that, you know, yeah, you could have spent maybe more time in, in you know, before the quantum realm. Because maybe then we got more story no. of some substance. So but... I, I disagree with that because that means we get, instead of a two-hour movie, we get a two-and-a-half-hour movie that still boils down to the last 30 minutes. Yes. Well, And I agree with with what, what I'm saying about agreeing with Grayson is that maybe then the story would have felt like that it mattered more somewhere else because they could have done something different. But, you know, I, I think I think good credence would go to talking about the cantina scene for a second. And, Roger, I know I know that you were the one that pointed that out mm-hmm. on how much, like, on how it it's because we feel like we've seen this before. I feel that's why it feels like a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you like well, you brought that up earlier. So it, it's an unnecessary scene. Listen, you want to bring Bill Murray into this thing? Okay, sure. Fine. You know, you get Bill Murray into something, you expect it to be zany and funny. Here's the thing. It's only mildly funny. For and, a minute. Yeah. And but here's the thing. He never goes off the rails. Like he's a semi-serious character here, mm-hmm. which also unnecessary. Like it doesn't work. Yeah. Like I don't I don't see why you bring in somebody like Bill Murray to do that. Which is why I believe we're done with the quantum realm. And maybe Grayson, you'll think the opposite, but I think we're done with the quantum realm because I think they they felt like they had to get him in here before they left the quantum realm. Wait, they had to get who? In here? Bill Murray? Bill Murray's character. Why? Is is, is okay, uh, okay, I mean, okay, you okay, could okay. have him in there at any point. Okay, okay, it, it, lo- okay. Let me just ask another question again. Yeah. I I ask a kind of a, a fevery. Why? But let me I as, <laughs> as, as as someone that doesn't know anything about the lore here is Lord Krylar important at all? Nope. His, his character isn't huge, but he's like he is actually there in Marvel Comics. He's kind of like a he's like a side character that like, you know, people recognize and they but see he's and they point in at. the long run yeah so it's like oh okay ah oh, yeah look at him i know that guy from the comics but like it feels like because they aren't going to come back to the quantum realm they're like well we have to we have to put him in here then while we have the chance and who do we have bill murray will do it cool and they did it and it feels like a throwaway moment where you know they feel like they had to do it yeah his character actually has like the littlest bit of weight in the actual comics and stuff like he's he's there like in the marvel universe it's just they threw him away in this film for like better or worse. Making Bill Murray, yeah, basically. It's, it's a good cameo and it's funny, but again, it's literally one hundred percent pointless. Exactly. It does nothing. Well, it, I, mean, it, it, I honestly, it, it, I honestly, I've, I've been thinking about that scene for days <laughs> now, and I, I honestly think, and I'm willing to bet if my theory, I'm going, I'm going all in on my theory of the people that are writing this are just idiots. Of they wanted the squid. That was it, that was what was important to them was that stupid fucking giant squid. Which look look a, don't, don't get me wrong, hilarious, but all unnecessary. It gets a good laugh in their ship and they talk about you know, uh, I have needs. Yeah, I have needs. They both you know have their funny moment. You know, like that. You know, they saw other people while they were away for thirty years. Like that's all that scene does for them is pay that off. But if, if if we never if we never see Lord Krylar again, like I'm gonna wonder why the hell he was in this movie. Like I'm, I'm gonna well, you won't gonna always. No, I, don't, I don't think you will. Yeah, yeah. he's gone, bro. What the? What the I, I thought okay. Certainly, Lord Krylar had to be a big deal somewhere down the line because we just we spent ten minutes with him and it was completely wasted screen time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Look, but, I'm never again, gonna not though, appreciate Bill Murray. I always appreciate again though Bill Murray. that that shakes out to like there's an hour twenty of this movie that's just not relevant. Yeah. So I've, I hate to break a movie down to literally only matters as the yeah. third act because, you know, a lot of Marvel movies do that. But here, like, it's 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 not even very memorable. Yeah. So 
let's move to the point of the discussion where I think actually matters for this. And I'll quickly go over my points about like from here on. Go ahead, buddy. That way we can wrap up, you know, whenever we need to. So the, I think the scene when Scott goes into the core is a fantastic sequence. I think it's actually really, I think it's really good. I think it's really well shot. And I think that the way that, Scott Lang like handles the situation is super on point to his character and his motivations. I like the fact that all the different Scots in the probability storm come together for Cassie because that's that's his driving force. All matters. Yep. I think that was really well done, really well acted. I think that part of the movie was really good. Wait, wait, so wait, wait. Okay, set the parameters here. Which part to which part? Because I think the best part of that moment was right before he jumped off. So that's just my. you mean like you, you mean like leading up to him going in? Yeah, when 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 Kang says pretty much you do this for me or I'm going to kill yeah. your daughter. It's Okay, well I mean th- th- that's a moment that, you know, that tries to bear weight and again I think that's because of how good how good, you know, the actor is and, you know, and Kang himself, but no, I think the whole sequence is good. I think that whole part of the film is 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 above the acceptable level. I think it's it, I think it's one of the better parts of the movie. But the, you're talking about one of the better parts of a movie that only has two or three of those parts to begin with of those sequences that, that matter anyway. I mean, this, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm getting in the weeds with what, you know, is bothering me, but so you're talking about, so the, the, the characters here of Kang is he's, he's a clincher here with Scott Lang and the daughters. Let's talk about the daughter for one second then with respect to some of these heavier scenes, Cassie. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Cassie for a second. Was she effective in this movie or was she kind of, or, sh- or could we have waited another movie or two for Cassie. I mean, I'll say it again. The actress was fine, but we didn't need Cassie in this film. I 100% agree with you. I think, again, she was 100% unneeded. Mm -hmm. So, I I mean, unless you're going to, unless the only reason you put her in this movie is because, you know, Catherine Newton said yes. Okay, why not? And, (laughs) I mean, you, the other two movies did have his daughter, so why not keep that going? And you do want to, I mean, was she the, is she the reason why, is she in there to show you how much time has passed? So we get some kind of post snap time is that no is, is that a measurable thing for us no i think we're i think i think she's the tropey kid a kid of a superhero that grows up to love science and becomes a superhero because that happens to a few movies a few characters and comic book characters yeah. yeah you know what i mean like that's you know that's that's a lot of she'll characters. become the ant-man yeah you know it's just that's all it is she's that tropey character that you know Marvel and DC. All superhero kids are superheroes. You know this. Yeah, that's all it is. I don't think it's for any good reason. I think it's just that, unfortunately. Well, again, it's a shame because you you, you could have, especially with her reveal with the suit, which comes at us also a, a non-important time mm-hmm. too. Yeah. You know, no, I, I, I just, I, I, she also should have tapped it as they were falling, so she wouldn't have taken as much damage. Right. Just Come on, noob. I know. And then, <laughs> so, so in the so I it was my understanding that you pretty much had to have the the helmet on for the suit to not kill you when it shrunk you and is that not a thing anymore? Do they just or is or is quantum realm does it not matter? I don't know the answer to that. I'm trying to think of when somebody didn't have their helmet on when they were shrinking. Oh, they were doing they had didn't all they did that a number of times, a dozen times where they didn't have helmet on and they're shrinking and growing and but it was always in the quantum realm. It was never on the in, in, in our time, it was always when they were sucked beneath. I don't remember that. Like, I don't... Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure it happened a few times. Okay, okay, I got you. I, I mean, if it is, then it's just, it's just Marvel going around their own rule yeah, set again. It doesn't matter. Again, yeah. rules that they just ah, change yep. the rules when you want to change the rules. Well, again, yeah. remember in the last movie, every time Scott was big, it's very draining. Yeah. Well, and they, they cover that in this too, which I appreciated mm-hmm. because you know at least sticking to that part of the, their own. Well, rule they set. made it funny, is what they did. They they, they somehow well, turned that into a joke. It's kind of well. It was it was a joke the first time that happened too yeah. in the Marvel film. So that's fine. They, they 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 at least were consistent with it being a funny moment because when he does it the first time at the airport, he 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 says how hungry he is mm-hmm. afterwards. He's like, I'm starving. Anybody and, have any orange slices? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. And orange slices are delicious yeah, in right. the right context and nutritious. It yep, and yep. nutritious. So so I mean, at least they're consistent there. But I mean, uh, again, this is where the movie actually like you know like has its has the high moments and the moments that matter because you have, you have the, the core scene where he overcomes the, um, the probability storm, you know, with, with the help of hope, which I think is a great moment. And it's, it's a cool movie moment too. I like that. But then like when they come out and the throwaway armies fighting the throwaway rebellion, blah, 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 whatever. Sure. That leads into, uh, into the actual like showdown with Kang mm-hmm. in two forms. When he has his suit in full power, he's outside blasting laser beaming people, which I think is, awesome cool. yeah cool as hell and he is like he does a good job of being like a menacing villain where like you know he's serious he will do the bad thing he will kill everyone yeah and he's serious about it but then like but he's all he always seems calm but like he's, he's it's like he's bubbling about to burst mm-hmm. at all times and then when he's actually out there fighting he it, it just seems rageful and it's and i think it's impactful i think it's awesome. I think he's a very good villain. Well, so far. I don't know if you've noticed too when he's out there doing that. Like he's like there's tears in his eyes. Yes, like he's fighting everything. Yeah, yeah. He has tears in his eyes in a few scenes mm-hmm. where he's where he's interacting with. Uh, with I think with, that's one of the majors just being fucking awesome. By I the way, agree because with that. he's really, really. Good. I agree with that. Well, so, the, the 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 version of Kang, and I hope you like him because you're going to see a whole bunch of them. Like, well, like the, this Kang that they've built is so is very multi layered and the the variant of him that they've chosen is very multi-layered. You know, he's, he's the good guy that does the bad thing that he thinks saves the universe. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it can be complicated as, as Marvel wants to make it, you know, for that character. Yeah. And I think, I think it's done very well. But then the second version that we get is when he's in the tower fighting with Ant-Man, which that fight scene is just a pure brawl. And it's brutal. awesome, yeah, dude. Brutal. It well, is did, well, I mean, so good. I liked it because they pretty much are having a boxing match. And Jonathan yep. Majors is he's losing, a, but he's playing. He's, <laughs> Scott he's, is losing. He's playing of opposite Creed in the new uh, well, Creed yeah. film. So that's what I thought was kind of cool too. Well, but. yeah, but but at the same time, like like Scott, you know, as Ant Man, you know, keeps on getting up like the hero does. Right? He doesn't give up, and he idolizes Captain America. And so like the fact that he just won't give up and won't stay down, I think is like kind of like like him him trying to embody his best Captain America that he can, but like in the face of this this extremely formidable foe and do he they did a great job of making it seem like kang was beating the shit out of him like each punch felt impactful mm-hmm. like it was just a well shot when he pulls scene. him close and hits him right in the ribs oh ouch yep ouch just the damage he's taking is just it's it's wonderfully awesome in like you know a fight scene kind of way to see and it's cool and Kang seems like a bad dude in that moment, and that's what you need from him because he's he's a killer, is what it comes down to. So, it's well, I just, mean, we I, haven't I, I really, really haven't like seen the full capability of Kang yet. We know what he's, you know, we outside of this movie, you know, what it does is they they sent me here, they exiled me here, mm-hmm. they who I mean, I was expecting some, you know, some 
to know who they were, and and when it, when we find out, we, do we we still don't know who they are, do we? They. Well, he he says it in the film. He says he he says you know that he sent that like like the uh, his variants did this to him. Yeah, he, he says was that. exiled by his own variants. Yeah, he says that in the film, which is enough that you need like you don't know like what the implications of that is. You don't well, understand exactly, that it's, but it's like a council of kings. That's my yeah. that's my point though. It, it just, you find out way late that it's. It literally is a council of gangs. Yeah. So, but that's the point, though. So, let's just focus on a couple of things that we could before we get head into the the end of this discussion. Is mm-hmm. the I thought it was cool, and I, I you know I'm not a huge Doctor Strange fan, <clears throat> but I thought it was cool how the core that he was looking for is very Doctor Strange ish. Is that, that that's on purpose, right? Because I mean, it's all because they you know they mentioned the the metaverse or not the metaverse the the multiverse. multiverse. They mentioned the multiverse in different planes, and that's all Doctor Strange ish stuff. I like where your brain's going, but you're wrong. Um, it's not you're not wrong, wrong, but it's not like Doctor Strange's stuff. Or Doctor Strange stuff Sha- is like other okay. Copy. I mentioned Shang Chi for a reason. The rings. It's the rings. They're all rings. Everything that Kang interacts with is circular. It's all rings. Oh yeah. Okay. Fair. I didn't. I didn't yeah. realize. I didn't realize that. But I, I mean, and how would anyone know that about Shang Chi if you didn't? Or about like that's where. Uh, never mind. I should have because Shang Chi was all about the rings. Actually, the seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. So like, and like and like, there's a scene in Shang Chi. If you pay attention, when he's like he's like creating the energy ball out of the rings, they're spinning and it looks just like the core. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a lot of there's there's a lot of tie in with the rings that Shang Chi has and Kang, and then also another item that's in the Miss Marvel TV show that also ties in with Kang in some way, shape, or form. So like that's what you're seeing. It's it's all the ring stuff. His throne is rings. The giant portal he was making from the city is rings. Mm-hmm. It all has to do with like the way that that works with the quantum energy. That's how he creates the, the energy. I mean, that's so very that science of you. But I mean, does any of the, <laughs> it's very Marvel science of well, you? Mar- yeah, Mar- Marvel, Marvel, science, yeah, Marvel science. does that for a reason. You know, they want you to see and pick up the little bit of a through yeah. line there. Yeah, the um, like like that that's that, that's a big piece of this, and there's like this will lead into my last thing that I wanted to at least like touch on is that um, this Kang that we're with now is the one that ends up at the end of time with Loki. This is the same Kang just at a different point in time. And he shows you that when he shows you like the ring, like the hologram ring, when he's talking about like how, like how it has to be a circle and um, it has to, like, it has to be circular because at no point, as long as he's within that time, that time ring, He'll always he'll always exist, and that's the king we're dealing with. It's the same one from the Loki series. So, like when they handle him in the end of this film, the way that they do, that's that's how you can kind of figure out he's not dead. Besides what Marvel tells you, is because that's what the that's what the end credit scene does. The last credit scene, mm-hmm. that's the same Kang. He somehow when he got pulled into that to the quantum energy, which is what he uses to tra- to time travel anyway, mm-hmm. he ends up somewhere else in time, which is on the same goal, like the 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 pure timeline that he's a part of. Yep. So, so let's, how... let's let's talk about post credit for just a second here because mm-hmm. that's very important. So, yeah. first post credit scene, we see the the council, the council of the Kangs, yes. the hundreds or thousands, thousands of the Kangs. <laughs> Um, all chanting, you know, like they're going to start whatever their master plans are. Because listen, they seem pretty feral, don't they? Uh, I mean, <laughs> some of them are a little fired up, you know, excited. Yeah. You know, I guess that's cool. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to point out is Kang is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, remember there are infinite versions of Kang. 
but there are also infinite versions of other good guys. True. So never worry that there are too many Kangs. Worry that there's <laughs> just not enough superheroes. Yeah, yeah. Like that's something yep. that we'll we'll continue to talk about in the future, I'm sure. Yeah. And then in the second credit, you know, we actually get to see stuff that we knew had to have been coming mm-hmm. with Owen Wilson's character and Loki. Yep. Um, both being there encountering Kang, which must be for the first time from them in a timeline and as a variant. So I think that's very interesting to finally see them come across, which really, you know, makes me happy that, yeah. and Loki will be this fall, you know, that's what yes. they're saying. So that's, that's very cool. Um, I'm happy that they brought that in because, you know, they had to at some point. Um, I am surprised we didn't see Loki actually in this movie in any sort of scenario. Yeah. But I'm okay with it. I'm just surprised that we didn't see it. True. Yeah. Like if they're going to throw this much in it, why not throw some Loki in there as well? Because yep. people fucking love Loki. I like Loki quite a bit. Oh, same. Yeah. Which is also why I kind of expected this to be a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just not. But like to just to final point on that, on the the end credit version of Kang we see again, that it, it it's, it's very likely that that is the same Kang that we saw at the very end of this film that gets beat by Scott. By Ant Man, he gets he gets thrown into that, and he somehow ends up back then without all the technology, and he's showcasing his time travel stuff. Is what you're seeing, mm-hmm. which is him creating his technology and like his little he, he like creates his own little town in the comic books, and like dubs it like Timeville or something stupid, and like that like he's the mayor of Timeville, mm-hmm. and he like bubbles it up and like advances extremely fast to where he can get to where he's got to go again. So. I believe that that's it's the, the old reset saying. button. Yep. And well, that's what he said. As long as he exists somewhere, he will be reborn in every, in every point of time because it's it's the perfect timeline. Yep. So is is, is, is Kang going to be the next Thanos, like the next big he bad? Is. Kang is the next Thanos. He is the next yeah. Thanos. Avengers, four, Avengers 5, which we haven't seen anything about yet, or Avengers 6, one of them is titled Kang Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, the Kang Dynasty. So, yeah. Yep, we're getting a whole lot of Kang. You're going to see a lot of him going forward. Which, so, like, it's going to be interesting because we only saw, like, two movies worth of Thanos, right? Yeah. So, like, it's going to be interesting us seeing, like, a recurring villain for once in, 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 like, some Marvel stuff. I don't know how often they're going to use Kang, but, like, it'll be interesting to be, like, you know, it's almost going to get, like, a, you know, next time you won't get me, coppers, you know, as he, like, runs away or whatever. But yeah. Kang does get beat in the Marvel, uni- in the Marvel like, comic books a lot, too, mm-hmm. and leaves and comes back because he has all the time he, he can needs. do it, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what like what they do with all that. What do you think, Grayson? <laughs> I'm listening to Kang Kang talk on uh, Force yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so th- there's a lot there, and like that's like that. What Marvel does well here is like you know that's the most interesting part of the film, and they that's just why it's all that matters. Yeah, and like let's let's face it, this movie isn't isn't Ant Man and you know the Quantum Realm. This is this is Kang's setup film. This yeah. is Marvel using an entire film and some names to have a jumping off point for the story they want to tell. They do and they do this every now and then. Civil War is like the best example of that. Civil War wasn't Captain America's movie. It has Captain America as one of the main stars in it, along with Iron Man and a whole bunch and a big jumping off point for a bunch of characters in that story. That's what this is. It's just this this is what Marvel does at this point. We have, it, it they take these opportunities when they have to to move their machine along. And we just have to be like we don't have to be okay with it, but that's what we're getting out of this film. I just wanted more out of it, is all. I agree with you. I wanted Fair more enough. too. I, I've liked the Ant Man movies. I think they've really been some of the better stuff in the MCU. Yeah, the, so they're, they're fun. It, but it's a shame they're that they chose Ant Man to, to to start the Kang. Although it makes the most sense because it does make the most it does, sense. It does. It does. Hundred yeah. percent. And makes like the most and sense. 
the other the other thing, the last thing I want to say about the film from my angle is that I think you get a better ending to this movie if you don't get them out of the quantum realm at the end. Because, I agree one hundred percent with like hundred percent with you because like because because she comes back, they close the portal to help him beat Kang, right? Yeah, and that's a huge moment, and it's like okay, and then they get the portal closed. That's a huge decision, mm-hmm. and that's like you know, hey, you know, we'll figure it out. We're, we'll get out we're, of here. We're gonna be stuck here, but he's not out of here. I was like, oh, what are they gonna do? They're gonna be there for X amount of time. They're gonna figure out how to make things work there. They're gonna get out eventually. They'll show up in a later film. Like, wow, oh, we just got out, yeah, and like it'll be cool. And then the portal opens up behind them, and I'm like, oh well, all my like all, all later. those racing thoughts were just wasted because it's like, well, that was a cooler movie than whatever this just happened to be because that's a huge risk for Cassie, right? If you open that portal up, you don't know if Kang won or not. Yeah. I mean, hope hope opens it, or hope's one. Well, hope hope or cast either one. But I mean, you're you're right. It would have been. I was expecting. What I was expecting was as soon as she came through to throw Scott through and then just sever the connection. That's what I was think. Or even the the mom or Hank or Mm -hmm. any of the above would have been better than what we got. I I do appreciate during that last fight scene though for Scott realizing that he didn't have to win. He just had to stop Kang from winning because like. That's a big deal because, listen, Scott fully knew that he could die in this fight, yeah. and yep. he was expecting to die in this fight. And it also and plays off of Kang keep, kept on saying that, you know, he's going to win. Yeah. You, you, know, know. you don't have to win. Yeah. It's multiple points. Yeah. In the I movie. don't have to win. Yeah. You just can't win. To multiple characters, Kang says, well, I'm going to go win because, mm-hmm. like, that's what Kang does. And it's like, you know, Scott, you know, he says the, the antithesis of that is, I don't got to win. You just you just got to lose. Yeah. And it's like, all right, yeah, ain't got to cool. be me, buddy. We can just tie. Yep. It's fine. A yep. draw is fine for me. And that's a cool moment for him. Yep. Like I said, the ending of this movie is so much better than the rest of it. Yeah. And there's so much more that happens, and there's stuff that actually matters at the end of this film. Well, it sucks wh- okay. that on an hour and a half journey to get there. No, I, I know we're running a little late. We're, we'll wrap it up. But I have two more questions for you. One, you, Kang, Jonathan Majors, is he the absolute right guy to play Kang? Oh, God, he's yes, a monster 100%. right now. 100%. Okay, I'm and, so happy and, with him. See, the way I don't know anything about Kang, but the way he played him, I thought, was like he was almost a very controlled monster. And that's what, I, that's what I loved about how Majors chose to play, or how at least he was directed to, or how he chose to play him. But how the character was played, I thought, to me, was the best part of this movie was the villain. This version of Kang is a controlled monster. The other versions of Kang aren't like this Kang. <laughs> like, he's the worst Kang. Yeah, like 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 you're gonna see a whole bunch of. Well, some would argue he's the best Kang, but like like you're gonna see probably in the in, in the Kang Dynasty one, the other versions of Kang, which are terrible, terrible you know, human beings, because he's just a human. So it's like you know you're gonna see all this happen, right? I mean, but he's a very sense. smart human. Yeah. Yep. So okay, the the other my other question to you would would be. Where, where do we go from here? And I mean, look, none, none of us have any insight to the next movie. Where, where do we, or, or I mean, where's the, what's the next MCU film to come? Guardians. Guardians. Oh, sorry. We, we knew that. We okay. won't get Quantum Roman. But where Guardians. do we, but where are the, so where's Kang now then? Where, 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 where we end up? Do we next see him in before the Kang Dynasty or do we'll we see just, him in Loki? We, we see, I, I, I bet, I bet okay, we copy. get him in, in some episodes of Loki. Okay, like okay. like four or five episodes is like the climax of it because like they're going to be trying to stop him from leaving that time like that time frame is what they're going to be doing. Well, they know because I mean in 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 the stinger in the end, Loki says that's the worst. That's him. Yeah. So like yeah. we I mean 
<clears throat> we now have a frame of reference for at least who they're hunting variant wise. So that's yeah. kind of a big deal. So yeah, you should... I wouldn't be surprised if we see something about him in the Marvels either. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true too. Yep. All right. So let's move into scoring. Who wants to go first? Well, so like, I, I highly recommend, you know, if you guys haven't like watched that last episode of Loki again, where 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 Kang's in it, and and look at it through the mindset that that is the same Kang you watched in this film. Because it's it, it's just an interesting thought process of like what they're doing with like the whole the whole cir- like the whole circular loop thing. Okay. And uh, okay, so I'll score it first. So I was so excited for this film, super hyped for it. This was going to be my movie for a while because it like it just the, the trailers cut it as such a huge sci-fi hit. You know, it was like it, it was. I thought it was going to be my Winter Soldier. It was going to be a sci-fi movie that happened to have superhero people in it. That's not what I got. I got a really weird jumbled of a mess of a film that doesn't feel like it was actually supposed to be a movie that felt like it didn't matter in a lot of cases that had some bad story picks. I think that I think better decisions could have been made for it, but for whatever reason we got what we got. Jonathan majors is amazing as Kang. I think he's the best part of the film hands down and the end of this film is good and it does scratch the itches that you need to in like what Marvel's trying to build going forward. And I hope they use the end of this movie as a momentum and not the ideas that they had along the way. This movie is a six and a half for me. Uh, it's under Eternals as a whole movie. If I had to rate the last ha- the last 30 minutes, it'd be way higher. But this is a full film, and I have to judge the whole thing. So it's like six and a half. I wanted it to be better than it was. It's just it's a long ride for not a huge amount of payoff. Okay. <clears throat> Grayson, you want to go? Or you... Okay, go ahead. This is, this is for me as a six. Uh, I was expecting a whole lot more. I was expecting a, a super heavy story, a super story heavy emotional ride for the Pims and Scott Lang, especially because I knew his daughter was going to be in it, um, at, at least at, at an age where we could get some emotional maturity out of her. And the, the, the ideas of, of sacrifice hero, what it means to be one, what it means to not be a teenager and to you know, put all that aside to the greater good. Um, that's what we didn't get. But I mean, as the product as a whole is something I was pretty disappointed with, but I mean, a six to me for a Marvel film, that's pretty low. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really giving it lower than that, but a six for a, an MCU film is pretty bad. So I just think that's what deserves is a six, not much more than that. Okay. So before I scroll it, I want to I want to list out a couple things real quick of what's coming in Marvel. So obviously we have Gar- Guardians next. Then there's a couple of TV shows slated. The next um, action and Loki is like summer fall of twenty three. So this year, um, after that, the next movie is the Marvels, which I believe will have something in that line. However, at no point past that in the foreseeable timeline will there be much stuff that will really reference Kang on that level. So that's that's where we'll be for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to the my scoring for a second. So, uh, look, man, this movie's not very good. It's just not. Um, for two hours and six minutes worth of movie, I needed 35. 35 minutes is all that matters. And listen, I know we have lots of other Marvel movies that have plenty of filler just like this. But like the filler here just doesn't really work for me. They try too hard to make it a little wacky, a little zany, a little beautiful, and it's it never really works at any of that. Um, we get a scene straight up ripped out of Star Wars, and I don't know why you could have done that scene a hundred times different and would have got the same impact. Um, this movie's a five. This is as average as it gets for Marvel, and I think I actually still higher than what I gave Thor: Love and Thunder because I believe it's a better movie than that. Um, 
look, if this didn't have Kang in it, this movie would be like way lower. And I mean that seriously. Yep. Nothing against Scott Lang. I like Ant Man. I like Paul Rudd a lot, but this movie is just not very good. He, I don't think it's. Best... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, well, I was gonna say I don't think it's Kang. I think it's Jonathan Majors that saved it. Well, sure, sure. They, oh, yeah. they 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 could have had a worse choice for Kang. I could see that, and it was, still wouldn't have scored as well. But I think Jonathan Majors being Jonathan Majors is is I think after I mean he's one of the premier actors in Hollywood right now. Jonathan Majors. Um, he's excellent, but I mean, I think he's the he's the driving force here. Sure. I, just, I just think once again, you have an Ant Man film where he's not even the main character in his own movie. He shares enough screen time to where it's not even fully him. It's just him and his friends. I agree, but I mean, it does do it. It does kind of you know follow the superhero thing of like the 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 villains way more interesting than the hero. They can't as far be. as because I mean they have the they have the added mystique of the the mystery behind them adds to their you know their interest level but like we can have that because we're not following them we follow the best thing a superhero movie can have is an interesting bad guy yeah absolutely absolutely but that doesn't save all of them either because we had we had god killer or he was still the best part of that movie too. he was he was but you know it didn't save it and then you have but then you have villains like the mandarin so you know the ben kingsley version i kind of love though Yeah, because he's just he's dopey, but of course. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. We have done an episode. Thank you guys. This has been episode 319A of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast. Each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I'm at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. I'm Christopher Bond. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Always posting things on social media. Check us out on YouTube. Still have a presence there. Actually thinking about getting back on there soon. Um, we will talk about that later. Email for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at Cocaine Bear and We Have a Ghost on that. Hell yeah, brother. Coca Kanye Barra. <laughs>